Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. As I was preparing this this afternoon, the Holy Spirit spoke a, uh, spoke a phrase to me, revival perspective. And so I want to talk tonight just a little bit about, I uh, just got a few things I want to share uh, on my heart about revival perspective. We've already had a great service. We could leave now and say we've had a great time, amen. But how you know when a preacher says that, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're actually getting to leave. It just means that they're blessed and they're ready to share the word, right? <laughs> amen. Amen, Iris said begrudgingly. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So revival perspective, you know, what does revival perspective look like? What is, what is it that our eyes are supposed to be tuned to? What is our heart and our mind supposed to be tuned to in this day of revival? If, if we've been saying it's a day of revival and we've been declaring it's a day of revival, and if you listen to, to, to what the Spirit of God is saying, not only here, but all across, all across this country, you'll hear a continual theme. People are be- beginning to declare revival over their own churches. They're beginning to declare declare revival over their communities. Come on, don't you know we don't just want revival in this church? We want revival in this community. Come on, we want it here. Lord, if you're going to do it, do it here. But I don't want it just to be contained to these four walls. Amen. I want it to, I want it to spill out. Amen. And I want it to go and hit every single, every single place that they're gathering in the name of Jesus all across this community. Amen. So that no matter where a sinner bumps into, glory to God, they run into somebody who's been filled with revival fire and begins to be changed. Amen. I want them to fall in, fall in here. Amen. I want them to bump into some impact people. Glory to God and be impacted by the revival fire that's burning on the inside of you. But I want them to run into a believer anywhere. Glory to God that has been set on fire. Glory to God and what he is doing in this day and be able to be changed. I'm not trying to say just pour out revival here. I want revival here. We better have revival here. I'm contending, amen, for revival here. And we are having it. But I want it it to spread across this community, and then I want to spread across this county. Man, I want it to spread across this state. I want every, man, when we, when the music team gets back there on Sunday mornings and we begin to declare God's glory over, over our service, we also then, then start to declare over every person that's gathering on a Sunday morning in the name of Jesus. Oh, any, any house, any, any place, any byway, amen, where the glory, where God is getting glory, we want the anointing and the fire of God to fall in that place. Why? Because we want God to be able to be himself in his church, in this day, in this country. Come on, God's wanting to do some big things. But he has to get our perspective and our thought process and our minds renewed to what he's wanting to do and not just renewed so that we think different, but renewed so that we then act different. Right? Renewed so that we think different, but then renewed to the point where we begin to act different. He don't want you staying like you are. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, God don't want you like you are. You can say it to me, Lizzie. Since God doesn't want us like we are. He, he takes us as we are, but he don't want us to stay like we are. Hey, what's that? I don't know. 
what you said, but I'm sure it was good. Amen. So, so there's some things just as, I, as the Holy Spirit began to speak that phrase to me, revival perspective, that, that began to, 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 to get me thinking, okay, well, what do you mean by that, Holy Spirit? What, what does that mean? And, and he began to, to challenge me uh, just even, even today uh, further about some things that he's been speaking to me about. But the, the, the thought process is of why do we gather as a church? What is our perspective when we come together? What is our thought process when we come together? Because what did we say last week? Whatever, whatever you have a mindful of, you have a life full. Some people are listening. Praise God. Uh, whatever you have a mindful, you'll have a life full of. Whatever you have a mindful of, that's what your life will be full, filled of. And, and what does that mean? That just simply means that's based on the word of God that, that he says, set your mind on things above. He says, don't look at the things which are seen, but look at the things which are unseen. He, he says uh, uh, um, that, that if you will renew your mind and, and not be conformed to this world, then you'll be able to prove out the things that, that, that are so. Amen. The, 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 Paul and, and the New Testament is filled with things that are trying to get our minds to begin to see things and think right. Jesus said, if your mind, if your eye is clear or your focus is clear, your whole body will be filled with light. I mean, it's all through the word of God. If you can get this thing pointed in the right direction, then, then the rest of you will follow because your heart's already been made new. The real you's already been recreated. Amen. And, and that's already been done. That's a finished work. Amen. That's been created just like Jesus. But what, what we have to do is begin to get what's going on down on the inside here to come and affect what's going on here so then it affects this and this and this 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 what are what are our senses touch taste feel smell hear and hamburgers that should be its own sense right especially for americans we love hamburgers right i'm just i'm just goofing around sorry guys um turn over to uh uh, Hebrews chapter 10 real quick. You know, this is an interesting thing because about six years ago, I really began to press into God. Wasn't satisfied with the way things looked. I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with, with my level of fellowship with him. I wasn't satisfied with, with how, what my, the results of my life were. Have you ever run into a, a season like that? Let me give you a little hint when you run into a season like that, don't back down and back off, plow forward. When you run into a season where you're not happy with, with, with the, the way things are, don't get discouraged and back up, but re realize that that's not who you've been made to be and push into the presence of God. What does he say? He says, come boldly to the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and help when in the time of need. So in the time of need, when you're, when you're not satisfied and, 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 the, and these times come in all, in all of our lives where we're not really satisfied with what we're seeing, we're not really satisfied with what we're experiencing, we're not satisfied with, with how we're hearing God or, or, or how he's, he, he's speaking to us or, or we don't feel stirred up or, come on, we've all been there, right? And, and you run into these seasons. Well, when you run into these seasons, see, the, these seasons uh, a lot of times make or break people. And, and, and I, I remember talking to a gentleman a few years back and, and we were sitting there 
there, and he had, he had kind of backslidden and, and wasn't really enjoying God anymore, and he had kind of taken a step back from the things that God had for him. And I remember sitting with him in my living room, and we were, we were sharing a cup of coffee, and he was beginning to, to say what, what the process was that caused him to, to back off. And, and I was listening to him, and in his words, I heard my own thought process. He began to have questions. He began to, to, think, uh, uh, to, to think about how he wasn't satisfied with the way things are. And, and he, he, he began to get frustrated. And, 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 I, and I remember thinking and, and going through those same thought processes. And I told him, I said, listen, bud. I said, the only difference between you and me is when, when that, those thoughts came to you, you pushed away from God. When they came to me, I pushed into God. I said, that's the only difference. You're no different than me. The only, the only thing is, is that, that you, you pushed away from your answer and I grabbed hold of my answer. And I wasn't saying that uh, haughtily. I was, I was re- really trying to encourage him that you're just one step away from, from getting all this cleared up. You're always just one step away. Come on, one decision away. Man, no matter what the enemy has told you, no matter how far off you feel, no matter what the lies are trying to speak louder than truth today, you're always one choice, one decision, one step away from being right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. All it takes, remember Dad Hagen used to say, it just takes just a moment to get your heart right. Just a moment when the Lord said, hey, your heart's not right on this. He said, it didn't take me long. I knew right then I just got to get my heart right. Boom. And then I'm right back in the middle of what God has for me. Well, that's how easy it is. And so uh, when I came in this time of kind of questioning and and frustration and and what have you, you know, I I just went to God and I said, God, you know, I got to have more of you. This, I'm not satisfied. This isn't cutting the mustard as they say. And how many know God is faithful? I, you know, in my ignorance, I gave God some ultimatums. I said, in my ignorance, I gave God some ultimatums and said, if I don't have answers by this many weeks, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, we're going to have issues. And, And God's so merciful. God's so merciful. When we're dumb, he's merciful. When we're, when we're haughty and prideful, he's merciful. He knows our frame. He's walked in our shoes. Amen. He knows the way we think. And, and, and when we come to him prideful and, and arrogant, he says, all right, at least you're coming to me. I can work on the other stuff. I'll give, I'll give you mercy and help in this time of obvious need. Come on, I'll show you the way. And, and thankfully, he, 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 you know, I gave him this ultimatum, and I was like, you know, in three months, if I don't have these answers and that answers. And, and the, the great thing was is, is he honored my trust in him and my faith to, to, to go after him. And within, within week, a week's time, man, he had totally changed my life. Totally brought me back into a place of refreshing and totally brought me in, into a place of, uh, of encouragement and, and stirring again. Amen. And I was just, I, I mean, I just was back on track going 100 miles an hour. Amen. And, and if you know me, that's the, that's the way I like to live. I, I hate uh, not moving forward in the things of God um, so much. Amen. And so uh, anyway, so you know, God hadn't totally worked all the pride out of me. And so this is where this, this message kind of picks up. And, uh, I remember one Sunday morning and I was sitting there 
in the presence of God with a cup of coffee and his anointing was just there and I was meeting with Jesus and I was just like, man, this is so amazing. God, you're awesome. Thank you for bringing me out of that place of dryness. And I was just enjoying him and, and had the word open. And I asked him this haughty and prideful question. I said, give me one reason, God, why I would leave this place of your presence to go gather together with a bunch of people instead of being here with you. How many of you know that sounded great in the moment? And the Lord spoke to me one of the more strong uh, uh, experiences. Sometimes the strong, we cry out, Lord, we want a strong experience with you. You know, I'm learning to want the still small voice. I'm learning to love and to cherish the sweet, still, small voice of the Lord guiding me and directing me. Because sometimes the strong voice of the Lord is like, oh. Uh, and so I, I, you know, remember sitting there and pridefully saying, give me one reason, Lord, why I would leave this awesome place of your presence ah, and go gather with a bunch of knuckleheads, you know. I didn't say that, but, but you know what I mean. That, that, that's such a prideful statement. And, and God said, I'll not only give you one, I'll give you three. He said, first of all, church is not about you. I was like, I said, well, you're going to have to show me that in scripture. He said, believe me, I will. So he turned me over first and foremost to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 28. Um, say, oh, say, oh, me, oh, my. Actually, let's go to uh, let's go to verse uh, twenty three. Just start there. Uh, it says, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful." Amen. We're singing about that tonight, and let us consider ourselves, and let us get really, really blessed. Let us consider one another. In order to stir up love and good works. How? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. As is the manner of usually the prideful. Well, I don't need to go on down there today. I'm doing just fine. The fool says, I don't have any need of God. Uh, Oh, that's kind of harsh today, isn't it? Sorry, guys. Um, It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So he brought me to that scripture, and and, and he, sometimes when God reads you scripture, it's like, oh, yes, Lord. And, and, And he said, where in that does it say anything about you being blessed? I said, it doesn't say anything about it. It said, and he says, what does it say? I, says, I said, well, God, it says that I'm to come to church, to the assembling together, to stir somebody else up in love. And, you know, he didn't have to share the other reasons. I mean, he did, but my, I made an immediate heart change. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Wow. See, we have to be careful that we don't buy into the lies of our culture and try to apply it to our church life. Because see, church isn't a, uh, a, a man-made deal. 
The assembling of the body together isn't something man came up with. It's not something that that man designed and it was something fun to do on Sundays because we didn't have anything else to do before football uh, came around. No, no, God designed the assembling together of the body for a purpose. And believe it or not, we buy into these lies that, you know, I don't really, I'm not really getting blessed at church nowadays. I'm not, I'm not getting fed. So I have to go find somewhere else where I'm going to get fed. Where does that, does that scripture say come and get fed? Now we know that we do get fed when we come, but that's not the purpose behind which we come. See, we get consumer minded because America is a consumer nation and we get consumer and it's have it your way. And, it, and, and it's all about uh, 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 getting things done the way that I want them done. And so when something goes on at church that doesn't necessarily fit the way that we would like things to be done, we then cop, uh, uh, what's that word? Attitude. And whether we, we demonstrate it uh, or not right then, it begins to change our perspective. And because what happens is, is because we're so used to getting things our own way, we believe that when we come together with the body that we're there to, to, to get my needs met. And God is faithful. God is good. Let me, give, let me just say that. God comes to meet with us and he meets our needs. He comes and delivers and sets free and speaks. Even tonight, he's talking about his faithfulness. He's talking about his goodness. He's talking about his love. He's talking about all these things. Why? To deliver us and set us free and bring us up. But he, he is here because we're here, but we're not here because we came to get our needs met. We're, we're supposed to be coming so that we can meet somebody else's need. I know this is a, I know this is like message number two from brother Steve that nobody's running on, but, uh, but it's good. Amen. So in revival perspective, when God, God started, you know, bringing me back to this point and, and he said, he said, revival perspective sees the gathering together the right way, sees the gathering together. What if you came to church not to, not to get something, but to give something? What if you came to church, not, not so that somebody could say hi to you, but so that you could speak a word of encouragement to somebody else? What if... You even came to church and it didn't matter if you liked the message or not. Somebody say amen. And you were tired of hearing Brother Stephen wish pastor would just get back in the pulpit. Come on. Come on. And you didn't even like the message and you didn't even enjoy any of the worship songs that were saying. But you came not to be blessed, not to get a blessing, not to, to receive something, but you came to encourage somebody. So the, the person you were sitting next to, you had a word of the Lord because you were seeing things, right? You had a word of the Lord for them and encouraged them and set them free. Would your church experience be what it was supposed to be? Or would you have a right to say, I'm moving down the road because I'm not, I don't, I don't like the way the lights look. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't, come on. Can, can we be real tonight? This is family night. Family in here. I don't, I, you know, I don't like Pastor Angela's orange salmon polka dotted dress. She ought not be wearing polka dots in the house of God. I don't like the, the piping on Brother Steve's jacket. That's just too flashy for the kingdom of the Lord. You know, we're all different. And, and, and let me just tell you something. There's, you're never going to walk into a church that fits you perfectly. 
you know, I'm the music minister, and I don't even like all the worship songs that we do. Would you be able to tell it? No. Why? Because I'm not here to sing worship songs I like. I'm not here to have what's on my playlist on my phone to be sung in, in the congregation. That's not why I came to church tonight. I come to church because I want to help somebody get in contact with the presence of the Lord so their lives can be changed not only tonight, but have a change for the rest of their life. That's why I come. Amen. And when I'm mingling around before service, I'm not trying to get a word from somebody. I'm not trying to get an encouragement from somebody. Now, if somebody has one, I will receive it. But that's not the reason that I come. I come because I'm looking. Who does the Lord want me to encourage? Who does the Lord want me to stir up? Who does the Lord want me to love on tonight? Who is it that needs a touch, amen, from the presence of God? Who is it that needs an encouraging word? Who is it that needs somebody to love them? That's why I'm coming. See, so I don't have to love the message that's preached, even if I'm the one doing it. I I tell you one thing, most of the time it's the preachers who hate their messages the most. You can leave me, oh my, what in the world was I talking about? Why in the, God, I don't even know why you use me. Did I really say that? Jesus, help me. So you're, you're in good company if you don't like the message that's preached. But what if we actually matured? Come on, what if we actually became mature believers? Now let me tell you something. God wants to bring people in this place. But what if we became good stewards of the people that were already here? Ooh. What if... When God put somebody on your heart, you actually followed through and invited them over for dinner. What if when God stirred you in a message like this, you actually rearranged your Friday night to reach out to somebody? What if you weren't the, what if you feel like nobody's reaching out to you? What if you're not supposed to, to be reached out to? You're supposed to be one that's supposed to be reaching out, but you're so stubborn and so self-absorbed that you can't see past your own, I don't know what, into your nose? What if you're missing the forest for the trees? What if God's put you in this body to be a lover and to be someone who reaches and someone who, who ministers and someone who lays their life down for somebody else? What if we actually came together, not so that we got better, but so that somebody else would get better? What if we actually looked like Jesus when we came to church? What if we actually walk? See, what do we call ourselves? Christians. What does that mean? That means little Christians, little Christ, Jesus walking around. What if we actually came to church and assumed the position of Christ? Not my will, but yours be done. And what does the word say? It says he didn't come to be served. The son of man didn't come so that he would get all the goody and get all the blessing. Hey, boys, here, let me prop my feet up so you can wash them real good. No, he said he knelt down and washed their feet. If the Lord of lords and the king of kings came not to be served but to serve, what if we actually wanted to look like Jesus? Maybe the message wouldn't bother us all that much. Maybe somebody's hairdo wouldn't be such a distraction. 
Maybe the fact that the visitor smells like cigarettes wouldn't turn us off. Come on. I'm talking about revival perspective. See, I know y'all thought y'all were going to be shouting to this. I said, God, you're tricking them. You're tricking them, God, with that message title. They're going to be like, oh, revival perspective. Yes. Let's shout. But this is shouting stuff because what happens if we, if we actually become good stewards of those that are around us and then God can entrust us with more? He that's faithful with a few. What if we got, what if we quit being inconsistent? Some Sundays we're on, some Sundays we're off and we just determined whether we felt like it or not, we were going to love people. Woo. Imagine, imagine the people that, that God could entrust us with. He that is faithful and few with few will be faithful with much. What if we're in the beginning seasons of revival and God is, God is, uh, uh, I know this, this isn't a good word of faith word, but, but God is testing us. Not, not, with, not with evil or, you know what I'm saying, not with circumstances, but he's testing us to see how faithful we'll be with the few. How faithful we'll be. Or, you know what, God, I don't have time to reach out to them because I bought an ox and I must go see it. God, I don't have time to do that because I bought some land and I must tend to it. God, I've married a wife, so I can't, I, I don't have time to go and reach out to this person. That's not to Drew and Kelsey, though, even though they're our, our, our newlyweds here. But, but see, we, we, uh, we, all, we sometimes come up with these excuses that sound, God, I have a business, so I don't have time to, to reach out to people. God, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm whatever. I mean, we can throw out a thousand different things, but, but how many of you know, in the famous words of Mark Morgan, excuses are like armpits. Everybody has them and they all stink. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to write a book of Proverbs of Mark Morgan. He always would tell me these kinds of things when I'd say, yeah, but I can't do this because of this. He says, that sounds like an excuse to me. And you know what they say about excuses? Everybody has them. They're like armpits. They all stink. All right. Excuses didn't work in my house when I was coming up. And, and, and did you know that excuses aren't going to work in the kingdom of God? When he says, hey, what did, you, what did you do with the people I entrusted you with? What did you do with the people that I gave you to love? What did you do with the people that I asked you to pray for? What did you do with the people that I asked you to reach out to? Well, I, I had a wife. Well, I, you know, had kids. Well, I had a lot of sports things going on. Well, I, I, I was into music or well, I, whatever the excuse, it's not, it's not going to hold, hold weight. And the thing is, is, is we're not, we're not trying to, 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 to speak condemnation or fear, but we've got one life to do this thing with. We got one life. And you know, since we're family tonight, can I be, can I be super real? I know. You know, I think about the testimony of somebody like Brother Robert, Robert Butler, and how 
in a moment's notice, he would drop everything that he was doing and come and help. If, y'all, if, you, if you had the privilege of knowing him, he was, he was a, a faithful saint around this, around this place. He's gone home to be with the Lord. But, but I guarantee you, when he stood before Jesus, Jesus said, you did it. Good job. You touched the people that I put in your life. See, we're not called to touch everybody, but the people he's put us in contact with, we are called to reach and to touch and to minister to. God spoke this phrase to me at the beginning uh, of, of, what, of the season of revival that, 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 that started around here. He said, every moment matters and every person matters. See, you know, how many enjoyed the, the message pastor did on great exploits? And I love how he wrapped that thing up and said, a great exploit is obeying your heart and doing what God's asked you to do that day. Whether it's, whether it's uh, uh, talking to Drew at a lunch table, encouraging him, you know, uh, uh, to walk in love with Kelsey. I'm picking on them tonight because they're on the front row. Or whether it's to come over here and, 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 and give uh, Blake a noogie and tell him I love him. All, every single thing that we do for, for him, that's a great exploit. And if, if you determine to have a perspective for a revival, it's going to be like the lens of love that we looked at last week. You're going to love the person that God puts in front of you. And I'm telling you, church, we are in a place where God is beginning to move. He's beginning to, to stir us. He's, there's been a stirring in prayer. There's been a stirring to, to, to reach out. There's been a stirring for, for, for uh, uh, more of his presence, more of his glory. And, and those things are amazing, and that's what God is, in, is pushing us to. But there's, there's something about going after people that he is, he is all about. You cannot get in a place of revival where it doesn't start to affect your view of people. You cannot be with him and have it not begin to change the lens the way that you see people. Am I speaking truth tonight? Praise God. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. What if you've changed your schedule this week to go after somebody? You think the Lord would be honored by that? You think that would be a great exploit? What if you spend a little extra time on your knees interceding for that person that, that came across your heart earlier in the week? You think that would be an, a, great, a great exploit? Absolutely. This, these are the things that, we're, that we have to begin to see and not belittle the moments that we have. See, revival as a destination is made up of a journey of revival moments. I'm going to say that again. Re- revival as a destination, meaning as a, a, as a great experience in God, is made up of revival moments, choosing to be who Jesus called you to be in the moment that you're in. You can't get to a, some large moment where the glory of God is just moving and everything's amazing and, 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 and the power of God is descending and falling if you're not choosing to have a revival moment right now. See, if you're tuning me out because you don't like what I'm saying, you're choosing not to have a revival moment right now. You're choosing to turn off the Holy Spirit right now. And, and that's okay. I'm not mad at you. That's between you and God. But, but what I'm saying is we all make 
tons of choices every single moment of the day. And we have, a, we have moment by moment by moment choices to just, to just go after him or to, to do our own thing. But I'm telling you, that this, is how, this is how you take steps forward. Amen. Say, take steps forward. Uh, I'm praying you guys are thinking and not uh, gathering pitchforks and things uh, to uh, take me out after service. Um, <clears throat> you in Colossians chapter 3? Say, yes, sir. Uh, verse 1, it says, if then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above and not of the things of earth, for you died and your life is hidden in Christ, hidden with Christ in God. Say, I'm dead. Well, if you're dead, why are you spending all week doing the things you want to do? Hmm. Um, It says, uh, when Christ appears... Uh, you, then you will appear in, with him in glory. Therefore, put to, come on, let's say it loud, even though I know this is not fun. Put to, put to death your members which are here on earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty good on, the, on all those things. Well, let's go down to verse 8. Put off all these, anger, wrath, malice. Blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Uh, do not lie to one another. Um, you could say uh, gossip. You could say uh, gift of suspicion. Always expecting some that somebody's got a, a, a motive that's wrong. What did we read la- la- last week? Think on these things, whatever's noble, whatever's of a good report, whatever's the best, amen. Think upon these things. If there's anything praiseworthy, come on, where's your lens? If there's anything praiseworthy, look at things from this, from this perspective. Yeah, that's true, but, but see, they really, they really aggravated me this time, though. What if you did what Jesus did and loved them more than you loved their, yourself? This is a good word tonight. Um, it says, uh, put off these things and, and uh, put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Say, I'm a new man. And then go, jump to verse 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. Put on long-suffering. You don't need long-suffering unless you're going to be suffering long. I'm just throwing that out there. You're not going to need long-suffering. You're not going to need to put on long-suffering unless you're going to be suffering long. That means there might be somebody who makes you suffer long when you come on Sunday mornings. Amen. That Jesus is saying, I'm not giving you permission to be aggravated. I'm not giving you permission to get, to, to get a spur in your, in your boot. I'm telling you to put on long suffering so when they come and talk to you and they're standing a little bit close to you and, and, you're, and you're the kind of person that likes a little space and they're talking to you real close and your skin on the back of your neck's crawling, I'm giving you an idea. Have an opportunity to have a revival perspective. What if treating them the way that Jesus wants them to be treated was your doorway to have a word of knowledge in the grocery store? 
Whoa, what if that was the doorway and God's testing you to see if you're faithful with the little so that whenever he needs somebody to raise them up out of a wheelchair, he knows he's got your number. See, we want to separate these. Well, yeah, but their breath stinks. So God, did that, this, this, this doesn't apply. God knows that he's got bad breath. So I'm just going to give him a little amen, amen when he's trying to tell me a story and go ahead and walk on in. I got to get to the bathroom. What if that's an opportunity to be Jesus to somebody? What if that's an opportunity to have a revival perspective and be faithful with the person that God's put in front of you to love them and treat them as pure gold so that he can then trust you with the big Maybe he doesn't even see raising someone out of a wheelchair or loving someone who needs love as any different. Maybe he counts all of that the same. I'm I'm trying to wrap it up, but I just got a lot of stuff stirring in here tonight. Um, You know, we're 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 so so often we're we're looking and praying for these big moments. And these big, powerful things, and God is looking to do them. Trust me, he wants to do them more than we want them. He is doing them in a lot of places all over the world. Amen. And, and, and I'm just telling you that, that an opportunity to show mercy, an opportunity to show kindness, an opportunity to humble yourself and prefer somebody else. Yeah, but it doesn't really jive with the way I humble yourself. Not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will. Meekness, long-suffering. Bearing with one another. See, bearing doesn't sound joyful. But the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, which means it might be your brother tempting you to want to wanna do something other than bear with them. Right? Bear with one another. For if anyone has a complaint against another. So he's even saying, you got a reason to complain. He says, then, then go ahead and move across to the other side of the church and all things will be forgiven. No, he says, if you got a complaint against another, he says, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. That's weird. I, I thought he said, you can also do or you should also do. No, he said, you also must do. But above all these things, put on love. So he's saying, put on all these things, put off all this, all this other stuff. He said, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace, you want to know how to have a perfect church in God's eyes? Have the bond of love. Mending and working and moving amongst his children against uh, uh, to one another and to the people that he brings in any given Sunday, any given Sunday night, any given Wednesday, and then the people that you run into as a representative of Jesus in your work day and at the grocery store. You want to know how to have, have a revival atmosphere that just continues to build and build and build and build? Above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. Not the aggravation, 
Not the frustration, not the me first, not that I gotta have it my way, not that I can't understand why they won't bend to my will, not the I don't understand why they don't see what they're doing wrong, not the why are they always looking at me that way? Just say, oh, me, if that's hurting you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say it. Don't, don't let it. Just say, amen, and no one will know that's hitting you right at home. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called into one body, and be thankful. So don't even give a complaint, but just be thankful. Woo, Jesus. Thank you. Come on. I, I'm not saying you just do this because... Because you're trying to do something out of works. I'm saying God will actually put it in your heart where you leave an opportunity to deal with somebody that used to make your flesh crawl. And you actually begin to let the love of God bubble up on the inside. I'm not even going to go to anybody because they're going to think I'm talking about them. I'll go over here to Q because he knows this is true about him. Uh, where, you, where you're looking at them and you're no longer seeing them as a problem or seeing them as an issue or seeing them as someone who, who, who's taking away your time. And you'll leave an experience with them, a conversation with them, a night out with them, a, a day with them. And you'll leave them and thank the Lord that you had an opportunity to look like Jesus to somebody that he trusted you to represent him well in the life of somebody else. I'm telling you, it's not only possible, it's amazing. Because then you're no longer looking at all these different opportunities as a frustrating thing. And coming to church is just another thing that you got to do that's on your list. And you're not really happy with how everything's going. No, you start changing your perspective. You have a revival perspective. Amen. Clear off those lenses. And you begin to see people as an opportunity instead of a problem. And then you begin to say, thank God that I have an opportunity to come together with the body of Christ. Come together with people that you you've put in front of me to love and to treat well and to treat as Jesus himself because they're part of his body. And when a visitor comes in, you don't look at them and say, are they look, do they look good? Do they look like they should be part of this church or not? Do they, are they wearing the right stuff? Are they looking the right way? Are they smelling the right way? And you don't have those kind of lenses. You're looking through a lens of love and you see somebody as an opportunity to be Jesus to them. I'm telling you, I've changed my perspective. And these pers- this perspective change has led to freedom and opportunities to love people out and about. And, 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 I, and I don't have time to go into it, but God's using me to, to speak to people out and about all the time. Every week I, I, I run into people where I have an encouraging word, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Uh, I get a chance to pray for them. I get a chance to hug somebody that probably hasn't had a hug in a lot of years and love them and, and put a little something in their hand and share the gospel. I'm telling you, this perspective change is a change that will cause you to begin to look as, at people no longer as uh, uh, classified in certain ways. Doesn't the word tell us? Don't look at somebody and say, oh, because they're dressed nice, sit up front, or because they're dressed bad, sit them in the back. The word doesn't, the word is very clear. We're not to separate people from slave and, and ruler and, and rich and poor. No, that's not the separation. The only separation we see them is as either need to be loved and need to be brought into the kingdom. Amen. Or already in the kingdom and need to be loved and be, need to be encouraged. So any day, every day, you have an opportunity to text somebody some encouraging thing. I know you got somebody's number in this church. What if tomorrow you took the opportunity to love somebody that you're sitting next to? I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. But if you need to love them, go ahead and do that too. 
we got a fellowship coming up, and I know that's been kind of a little thing going on this uh, uh, we've talked about today. Take, take next Sunday afternoon as an opportunity, not to spend with your family. Come on, we see them every day. We see them all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But if you want to sit with your family, why don't you go get that couple that, that God's brushed your heart about a couple times and you've kind of pushed it down and bring them and say, hey, why don't you come sit with us? We'd like to get to know you. We'd like to love on you. Maybe it's somebody who's come for the first time and they're sitting off by themselves. What if you say, come on, fam, let's go, let's go gather around them and love them. I wonder if that, if that kind of perspective would actually allow God to do more. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to, to wrap this up real quick. Um, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 12, and then I'll close with this. Maybe. Is this good tonight? Is this encouraging anybody to step out of their boundaries? Uh, uh, Mark's not here tonight. He's off traveling the world. But, but he came uh, up here a few months ago and began to uh, minister uh, by the spirit about getting uncomfortable. Do y'all remember that? This, this is part of that message continued. The reason you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you called the comforter is because the Christian life is not called to be a comfortable one. I'm not saying God doesn't want us blessed in that. I'm saying, I'm saying there's going to be situations every day where you have the choice to either stay comfortable in your own little box, in your own little routine, and not affect anybody for Jesus, or to step outside of what you've been doing and reach past yourself and love somebody. Amen? The cool thing is, is this is not difficult, folks. I'm not sitting here saying, you, all right, by the end of the week, I need three people raised out of a chair and two blind eyes open, even though that's not difficult either. Amen. We need to change our perspective with that. But I'm just saying tomorrow morning when the thought of Eric comes across your mind, you don't just say, hmm, I wonder why I'm thinking of Eric. You actually take the time and speak the, the presence of God over him and the glory of God over him. Or, or, you know what I'm saying? How many times do we have just a thought of somebody cross our mind? What if we actually were open and didn't, why, why, if you don't normally think about them, why are they all of a sudden while you're drinking your coffee and getting ready for work, are you thinking about somebody? Maybe the Holy Spirit's trying to get your attention to call them. To just say, you know what, I'm thinking about you, and I prayed over you this morning, and I believe God's going to do something great in you this week. I love you. I appreciate you. I wonder if that would encourage anybody. Amen. And, and I'm not preaching this message, so I get 100 texts uh, tomorrow morning. Love you, Brother Steve, thinking about you, praying for you this morning. That's not, that's not why. <clears throat> I'm going to turn my phone on silent until, like, 11 o'clock, so. <laughs> um, let's go over to, what did I say? First, First Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, let's, uh, let's just look here. Um, 
He's basically saying, uh, verse uh, 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Um, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to dumb idols. You, you were led away. Da, 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 da. There's diversity of spirits and, and, and uh, ministries. And he begins to talk about prophecy and, and, and uh, the discerning of spirits and, and different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues and, and, and faith and all these things. And it says, but the same spirit works all these things, distributing as he wills. And then he goes in to talk about about that we're, we're one body. Why is he talking about that right after the gifts of the Spirit? And then, it's, then he goes in and he, and he finishes off here in verse 31. He says, earnestly desire the best gifts, yet I show you a more excellent way. And then we go into chapter 13, and what is he talking about, love? He's saying more excellent than even just desiring the gifts of the Spirit to operate, even though he says desire the gifts of the Spirit. He's saying, I want you to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I want you to have mighty things working in your life. I want those things for you. And the Holy Spirit desires to do those things. He said, but I show you a more excellent way. What is that more excellent way? It's the way of love. It's the lens of love. What if we begin to see every opportunity through the lens of love and then God was able to entrust us with those gifts of the Spirit? And it says, uh, he, he goes in and we don't, I'm not going to read through it. Y'all go, y'all's homework this week is to read through 1 Corinthians 13. Will y'all do it? And then I like how he comes out of chapter 13 right into verse 14, though he didn't write it in chapters. So we know that he's picking up right where he left off. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I'm telling you, if you will pursue the love of God, pursue being loved by him this week, and then pursue every opportunity you have to be in front of someone to love them, then the gifts of the spirit that we desire will begin to start operating in a greater measure. Did you hear me? I said, begin to pursue love. Begin to pursue love. Begin to wake up in the morning and you're pursuing God's love. And then when you get in front of people, you're pursuing the love of God for them. The gifts of the Spirit will begin to take care of themselves. You'll begin to see those operating in a greater measure. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.